0: Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Emmy, clap.
1: No, stop. (laughs) Let me test the sound quality on that though, so. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we have to cut that entire intro
0: then how are they gonna find out about no 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 no. my new fan fiction with santa fucking an elf
1: stop stop this is why (laughs) everything that just came out of our mouths was so vulgar and heinous we cannot keep it in the episode
0: sex toy workshop (laughs) sex toy workshop
1: i don't know how to tell you this but like that was really awful (laughs) and it's like I don't know how you managed to be that disgusting considering what we have to talk about for this episode because we can't use any of that. But we're about to talk about something somehow even worse than what you said.
0: And I just need you all to know that we wish you a Merry Christmas we, we wish, wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas we wish you a Merry Christmas we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year
1: oh what a beautiful intro I mean aside from all of the shit we have to cut
0: it's the only beautiful part of this episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> guys this year for Christmas last year for Christmas we read some really bad fan fiction and this year for Christmas. Who wrote that? <laughs> no, we don't need to talk about it. But this year for Christmas, we watched some really bad fan fiction.
0: Fifty Shades <laughs> of What the Fuck. <laughs>
1: That's right, lovely listeners. For our Christmas special this year, Emmy drove over an hour to get to my apartment. We sat down. I paid 3 dollars on Amazon Prime, and we watched Fifty Shades of Grey. We
0: watched the uncut <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: Do you think the, like, because there's three extra minutes tacked on. It
0: is, it's, All Bush.
1: It's all Bush, right?
0: It is all Bush.
1: (laughs) There is so much boob in this movie. There's so much boob in this movie.
0: This movie is the real better business bureau. (laughs) BBB. Boobs, Bush, B roll.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boobs, Bush, and B roll.
0: (laughs) Honestly. The Bush family should be suing for how much Bush is in this movie.
1: <laughs> you don't just see Anna's Bush either. You no, see Christians. You bush You see a little well. bit of
0: dick. I wasn't prepared yeah. for a little bit of. Dick. You see
1: the top of his dick. I
0: didn't want a little bit of dick.
1: I didn't either. But I mean, I got do it. like. I do like a little bit of equality in my nudity. Um, it's like I. So here's the thing. So mostly, I only want to see the naked woman. But also, like, it's not fair that we only see the naked woman. Because we're queer, so it's fine for us. But, like, that movie is just the male gaze. Which is amazing, because it was made for women. I think. I think it was made it was, for women. It was
0: written by a woman for- It's called mom porn. Yeah,
1: it's literally like mommy porn. I don't understand. I
0: mean, there is the, the fact that even straight women, like women who identify as straight, not even, like, bi- often watch woman-on-woman porn.
1: That's a good point, yeah. (laughs) Lesbian porn is much more satisfying as a not as a woman, but you know what I mean. As a person. As a moth lord. As a moth lord. (laughs) um, Watching lesbian porn is more satisfying.
0: Gay men watch lesbian porn. I don't
1: know if
0: that's true. I'm just saying that.
1: (laughs) Hey, Jen. Lucy's here. That was not her. That was not her. That was Emmy. But I'm going to rub her on the mic a little bit. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) What the fuck? Amazingly,
0: we did not drink for this. (laughs) I
1: did make up a fake drinking game, which was... I called it fear. Um, It is that I would drink every time I was frightened by something in the movie that was not intended to be frightening um i would be unable to record this episode right now
0: (laughs) i think the amazing part is that primarily what frightened me in the movie was not sexual it was just human interaction oh my
1: god i it's like once again this is on a whole new level of i don't think el james has ever been a human before like remember when we would read twilight and we would be like i just don't think stephanie meyer is a human being but like el james is on an entirely other level
0: twilight was it came about because stephanie meyer is an alien that was (laughs) trying to write a young adult novel Fifty Shades of Grey came about because E.L. James was an alien from another planet <laughs> that was trying to write human fan fiction. Yes, based on an alien. Based on an alien's novel. writing.
1: Oh my god, that's it makes so much sense. I understand now. So we're not just gonna sit here and scream, as much as I would love to just sit here and scream, because like we spent the whole movie going like either laughing hysterically or. Like just angry, yelling at the television.
0: I my my favorite part is that at the beginning of the movie, Brandon was sitting behind us at his at his desk <laughs> with his headphones on, playing I know games. What you're say. And Sarah was like, <laughs> "We got to try not to yell for Brandon." And I just looked at them and I was like, "Yeah, that's gonna work out great." <laughs> and then we proceeded to yell the entire time.
1: It's so hard not to. I. I howled with laughter. He he married you. He did marry me. He has to know how loud I am. Like, it's not a mystery (laughs) at this point, you know? He doesn't wake up every day going, Oh my God, they're yelling again. When is it gonna stop?
0: I'm just glad that I am no longer with a person named Sarah so that my mom can at least stop calling you Loud Sarah (laughs) as your designator. (laughs)
1: It's who I am. It's what I do. Um, at work, they often will be like, hey, they can hear you when you're on the phone. You don't need to. It's okay. It's not a drive through You don't need to scream into the... Because I answer the phone every time. I'm like, thank you for calling Diagnostic Imaging Center. This is Sarah. How can I help you? <laughs> Would you like fries with That's your fries? That's me, except it's much more nasally and high-pitched, and I'm asking for your insurance information. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I get your social security number?
1: <laughs> they don't trust me with social security <laughs> numbers that's a lie they do technically speaking it's just we don't require people's social security numbers to see them so like if someone puts it in they put it in but like
0: (laughs) any other notes my (laughs) social no we have
1: a we have like an entry form that people fill out and every single time i hand it to them because it's on an ipad and every single time i hand it to them and i'm like okay Only answer the questions that are in red, because obviously that's all that's required. It's like when you're signing up for an account for something and it's like, you know, you gotta hear the things that are required in order to move on. And the number of times I've had someone sit there for over 30 minutes because they're like, I don't know my social. And I'm like, is that in red? Is that highlighted in red? And they're like, oh no, I only need to do what's in red. I I told you that when I handed you the iPad.
0: I'm honestly amazed that human civiliz- civilization has developed as, as far as it had. Not, I, I can't even word. I can't even <laughs> word that I'm so amazed. I'm all struck by the fact that we have survived this long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Anyway. Do you want to do this? Do you want to? Do you have anything that you need to say before we dive headlong into this?
0: I have never been less aroused (laughs) by something made with the intention of being not just... Because, like, any kind of, like, even weird porn, yeah, people are like, oh, this is sexy to me. Something made with the idea that the general population will think it's sexy and been less aroused.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, I, as someone who has accidentally read multiple piss kink erotica stories... Um, I can even look at those and be like, no, I get where, where you're, where you're attract, where your arousal for this is. It's, it's not weird. for me, but I understand where it's coming from. With Fifty Shades, I spent the whole time just being like, someone enjoys this? Other than like the thought of being between Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan, which is a beautiful thought to me. And personally. to be clear,
0: we're not referring to BDSM like itself. we're referring just to the movie.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no. both of us um, are people who can, let's just say understand the interest in BDSM. Um, th- maybe that's why we reacted so violently to this movie because I have a deep understanding. <laughs> Of the interest in BDSM. I can't believe we're going to leave this in.
0: I feel like maybe you should just start with the plot summary from Wikipedia before we (laughs) dig our holes any deeper.
1: Okay, so... It's
0: a good thing we're not monetized.
1: (laughs) To give a little bit of context, for anyone who is somehow unaware, um, Fifty Shades of Grey was originally a Twilight fan fiction called Master of the Universe. Written uh, by E.L. James and published on fanfiction.net over the course of a couple years, I think.
0: I like how you looked at me as you said that. Like you would know? I would, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Emmy does not know. It's amazing that I know. Um, I haven't.
0: To be clear, this is my first experience with Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey. I have not read or watched it before now.
1: Previously, my only experience was watching other people commentate on it because I find it fascinating to watch other people dissect these forms of media, not so much actually watching them. So uh, maybe that's why... But now I... we're, doing yeah, that. now <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah, now we're doing it. All right, so we're going to read the plot synopsis of the film from Wikipedia. I have not read the books. I know a little bit about them. Um, from what I can tell, the movie is better than the book, which is saying something, but it's just like how Twilight, the movie is better than the book. Yeah.
0: So keep in mind, every time we're referring to anything, it is specifically only the movie version. If it does not line up with, with what happens in the book. We have no idea.
1: And we will never have any idea. Because I'm not
0: reading that fucking book.
1: Yeah. We could sit down for two hours and nine minutes and watch the movie, but, like, we are never going- It's hard enough to get through Maximum Ride. And that book has, like, six words per chapter. I I don't think I could ever, ever read Fifty Shades of Grey, especially because, like, some of it's supposed to be sexy, and- I read good erotica. I don't. <laughs> I
0: just wanted every sexy scene in this movie mm. to end.
1: I know. Well, I think it was too <clears throat> slow. Every sex scene in the movie is slow. We'll talk about it. Anyway. So 21 year old. Oh yeah. She's 21. Well, she's graduating from she doesn't, college. Okay. So First of
0: all, the actors do not look like the age they're supposed to be at all. No, Like to an egregious degree. She looks like she's in her like late 20s, early 30s. So
1: that's actually interesting. It's something that they do a lot in movies, which, first of all, you always cast someone a little older than their age. And it's always in the best interest of the studio to cast someone who is above the age of 18 for pretty much anything. Um, I remember seeing pictures when The Hunger Games (laughs) came out Mm. where they were showing like the actors at the age they were supposed to be in the movie, like Jennifer Lawrence and... Josh Hutcherson and Liam Hemsworth like they showed their ages at like what they looked like at 16 and 18 respectively and it was like they were so baby-faced and honestly for The Hunger Games specifically I think that would have been better because that's kind of the whole point but in a lot of these movies where things are like extremely sexual they just cast older people just to be like safe so that nobody can pretend that they're like being pedophiles or whatever, but But she's 21. 21. I have no idea. Either way, Dakota Johnson, incredibly hot Oh yeah.
0: It's not that she's unattractive (laughs) at all. It's just weird that they're like, I'm looking at her, I'm like, you just don't look like somebody who's about to graduate college and they start off with that. Yeah. (laughs) Information.
1: So, 21 year old Anastasia Steele is an English literature major at uh, Washington State University's satellite campus near Vancouver, Washington.
0: First note. Yes. They live in Washington.
1: Oh, yeah. They live in in Washington. Just like in Twilight. Yes.
0: Second note. She's an English lit major. What did Bella say that she probably would have gone to college for? English English Lit. lit.
1: Yeah, this movie is literally, like, it's so funny watching it. Like, I'm amazed that Stephanie Meyer didn't actually suit I'm going to pull
0: out, like, everything <laughs> that I remember from them, like, every yeah. connection that I remember. And we
1: pointed it out so many times during the movie. We were like, oh, like, when Christian's like, I'm good with people. It's like, oh, it's almost like he can break their minds. <laughs> anyway, Um, when her roommate, Kate Kavanaugh Becomes ill and is unable to interview Christian Grey, a 27-year-old billionaire entrepreneur for the college newspaper. Anna agrees to go in and takes her place.
0: Why can she not interview him?
1: She has the flu.
0: And you say that she is (laughs) Anna's roommate.
1: Yes, they live together. They're in the same room in the first scene.
0: I do believe Anna kissed her on the head. Kissed her on the head
1: before leaving. Highly contagious disease, the flu. It's almost why the. It's almost like we all get vaccinations against the flu every year to prevent spreading it, because it kills people. It kills people.
0: If COVID has taught us anything, it's that we shouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, honestly speaking, <clears throat> um, at Christian's Seattle headquarters, she stumbles her way through the meeting. She literally trips and falls on her face walking over a flat surface into his office.
0: Yeah, there's not like a lip or anything. It's just like marble floor and she just goes face down, ass up.
1: It's not like so I remember the one scene in in Twilight where Bella is like trying to tell Edward off as she goes out of the room and she trips on the door frame, which we've all done. Okay? I think this was supposed to be that, except she doesn't even hit the door frame.
0: This reminds me of so I fell into a TikTok hole last night for the okay. first time. Okay. I've, I've never been in a TikTok hole, but I fell in it. Okay. And one of the ones I stumbled across, I sent to Steffi, and I was like, oh my God, this is this is the thing that I do, is the ADHD walk. When you have ADHD, and this is something I've noticed about myself, but I didn't know it was like a common yeah. commonality until I saw this, is you like laser focus on the direction you're going and will speed walk to it. And you don't walk around obstacles. You like, you like maneuver your body and wiggle it around obstacles. So your feet never move to the side. Uh Your feet, it's just your abdomen and your shoulders and stuff moving. (laughs) And so it's super easy to just run into something. I
1: do that all the time. I run into things with my feet, but not with the rest of me. That's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, thank you for educating me today on another symptom of the (laughs) crippling (laughs) illness that I have. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Uh, Christian, who is that year's WSU commencement speaker, takes an interest in her. Soon after, he visits the hardware store where Anna works- which, she does not work in Seattle, but he lives in Seattle and makes a point of, of her being out of the way when she doesn't live in Seattle. But then he drives all the way out there to the hardware store. No, he does lives. not drive all the way oh, out there. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry.
0: His driver, Taylor, <laughs> drives him all the way. And for the record, at no point do we address the fact that he managed to find her place of work.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that happened.
0: Um... I'm assuming because money and can literally so much of the things that happen in the movie that like the shit that he pulls off, is just me giving it the benefit of the doubt and the assumption that because money. Yes. But it's never actually acknowledged or explained. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Um, he offers to do a photo shoot to accompany the article she had interviewed him for. And then at the photo shoot, Um, it's Anna's friend Jose is the photographer, um, Jose being the Jacob stand-in, Jose also being the only person of color in the entire series. Also
0: literally just disappeared after the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie.
1: He's, (laughs) he's completely irrelevant except for as the character that Christian, like, stops from kissing Anna at some point.
0: And... Another note, he, before, before, right before this, still in the hardware store, he plays the Walmart game where you just get as many weird objects as possible. Oh, yeah.
1: He buys cable ties, masking tape, rope, and then he does not buy coveralls.
0: No. She, he's like, <laughs> so what would you recommend? And I'm like, what the? What do you mean? What do I, I work in a hardware store. He hadn't
1: explained anything. He just said, do you have masking tape? And she showed him where it was. He said, do you have cable ties? She showed him where it was. Um, he, he said, do you have rope? She showed him where it was. And he, this whole time she was like, oh, are you decorating? And he was like, something like that. And then at the end, she's like handing in the rope, which first of all, he's like, that's very impressive. <laughs> as she just like pulls some rope off of a spool. It's like, he's trying to connect with her, but like, he can't think of anything. So he's like, wow, he really uh, unspooled that rope <laughs> skillfully. Like, like,
0: I have no idea how to human.
1: <laughs> Much like Edward Cullen, he does not know how to be a human. Um, And then at the end, he's like, do you have any recommendations after saying none of what he's using this for? And so she goes, for a do-it-yourselfer, like saying like, oh, for like someone who's like DIYing a lot of stuff, um, probably coveralls to protect your clothes. And then he was like, I can just do it all naked.
0: Which I think is supposed to be flirting, (laughs) but also just makes no sense in context because you're just like no that that's worse (laughs) there was
1: something i wanted to note from this scene that i noticed throughout the movie as well and something i would like to give christian gray minor props for that edward never did and that is that christian smiles at anna a lot and (laughs) edward always looked like he was in pain (laughs) to be
0: fair he he was was. (laughs)
1: Yes, we are on the same page there. But every time Christian sees Anna, he's like, he like smiles over at her. And I was like, okay, so you obviously I do want to point out the parts that I thought were okay. Because there were some moments where we were watching it and we were like, damn it, that was actually kind of okay.
0: It's, it's the everything else around yes, it.
1: Exactly. It's just like with Edward and Bella in the Meadows scene where we were like, this would be really cute if it wasn't fucking Edward and Bella. Um, anyway, so Christian invites Anna for coffee, but, in, but leaves abruptly after she confesses to being a romantic, saying he is not the man for her. He later, which first of all, he's, she says, he says, are you a romantic? Cause she said that is her- Is where he
0: saves her from getting hit by a bike?
1: Not yet. Oh, not I... yet. But anyway, so they're in the coffee shop and she's, he's like, tell me about your family. And she's like, oh, my dad lives kind of here. And then my mom lives in Georgia with her fourth husband, which- Okay, anyway, we'll get to the renee of it all. Um, but she's like, my mom is just a hopeless romantic. And he's like, are you a romantic? And she goes, I'm an English lit major. I kind of have to be. And I was like... English lit majors are some of the most depressing fucks I have ever met in my life.
0: It's a certain type of romantic. Yeah. I guess, to be fair.
1: To be in love with mourning and... Misery and... <laughs> Chaos and... Suffering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I say that as a former English lit major.
0: <laughs> it's like the romanticness of a gray, rainy sky.
1: Yes. But it was, it was just so silly, the way that she was like, I have to be a romantic... Um do, do, do. He later sends her. Okay, no, sorry. Um, it does not list the part where he saves her from a bike. So they leave the coffee shop and she almost gets hit by a bike.
0: A bicycle.
1: A bicycle. Someone's just riding down the street and he grabs her and he pulls her really close and he touches her face and he like touches her bottom lip. And then he's like, I have to let you go. And then he leaves.
0: And then warns her that uh, he's not good for her, a la Edward Collins.
1: Edward Collins. <laughs> <laughs> This, it's, it's, it's like, the thing is, is like, this book or this movie follows like the exact plot of Twilight.
0: I will give it this after like the first one, like he said the I'm not good for you thing. And then he had like one other similar line. And yeah. then he drops it. Once yeah. they're like doing thing. he's like, he, he stops saying Yeah, it.
1: it's when he was like, I can't. Leave You Alone was when I was also like, God, Edward." <laughs> Edward. Um. So he later sends her first edition copies of two Thomas Hardy novels, including Tess of the Dubervilles, that's how I'm going to pronounce that, uh, as a gift with a quote from the latter book about the dangers of relationships on an accompanying card. That She even says it in the movie, I just don't remember how to say it.
0: Tessa to do whatever
1: Something like that.
0: Um yeah, and at this point I'm like, yo, you just do whatever he wants so you can get your entire library oh, full of yeah. first edition I'm books. Oh yeah. I'm convinced
1: that this was what set her off. She was like, I just have to kind of go along with whatever he wants and he'll just give me a bunch of sick books. Sign me up. I'm in. Um Anna and her friends celebrate graduation at a local bar. After drinking too much, she spontaneously calls Christian, saying she's returning the books and berating his behavior towards her. He goes to the bar to find her.
0: Somehow. Somehow. Once again, we don't know how he got there. I think he just
1: tracks, I think the implication is that he tracks her phone. I'm not entirely sure. She doesn't even have a
0: smartphone. Oh
1: yeah, she has a flip phone. She
0: has like a Motorola Razor. Yes. And he has an iPhone. So like, it's... It's not, e- and not like the first iPhone either. It was... This is
1: 24, this was 20, came out in 2015, but I think it took place in 2014. But
0: like, because I, even on the back of it, you could see it had the top corner cameras where it's a double camera set up too. So it's like... This isn't even, like, yeah, old, exactly. old iPhone. I, he was,
1: like, an iPhone 5S or something like that. Like and that's she's what got I'm a assuming.
0: fucking Motorola Yeah, razor. I think
1: it's, like, I It's I think it's all part of her, like, low-tech, like, charm or whatever. Well, because, like, poor. Bella was like,
0: I like old things. And yeah. so Anna's like, um, I like old things.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... So she then, she passes out on him after he, like, punches Jose. He doesn't punch Jose. He shoves yeah. Jose.
0: Jose wants to kiss Anna and is like, Anna, I like you. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, that no, That part no. was
1: really funny when she was like, when he was like, I have to tell you. And she was like, you do? And he was like, I like you. And she was like, oh, you do? Like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Chris, he's like i'm gonna kiss you and she
1: was and, like oh no no and no and christian no.
0: just runs in and like throws mm. him off of her yes and uh honestly props for that at least because don't don't kiss without consent i mean Had her- in
1: this movie he was the
0: consent king. Consent king. He was consent king in this movie. He was.
1: He is. I don't hate know how to say cr- it.
0: Cr- book Christian Gray is. but... I
1: know that in the book he does ignore the safe word at least once. I don't know how many times, uh, but he does ignore it in the movie. She doesn't even use it, so she just. I mean, she says what they are because he asks her, but then she doesn't even. She doesn't actually use it at all, so he couldn't have ignored it. And in fact, at the end, when she says no. He listens. He listens. So, consent king. Very weird man.
0: Very weird
1: man. But consent and king. And a stalker. And a stalker. And a stalker. But she, But the thing is, we'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. Uh. So, she passes out. Um. And then she wakes up the next morning in Christian's hotel room, relieved that... Oh, God, the way it says this. Relieved that they were not intimate.
0: Yeah. So, she wakes up and in an ode to Through the Looking Glass... He has put pills and a glass of, was it water or juice? Orange juice. I think it was orange. Yeah, I, I think it was orange juice next to her, and with notes that say "Eat me and drink me." And
1: to be clear, the pills were like ibuprofen. Oh no! <laughs> it wasn't just like drugs that she just like took.
0: It was tabs of acid. Uh,
1: no. Um, <clears throat> he's. He delivers the most terrifying line in the entire movie, I think in this moment when he he like hands her food and then she's like, oh, thank God we didn't have sex and stuff like that. And then he leans over the bed, takes a bite out of her toast. No, no, he does
0: not lean over the bed. Okay,
1: I'm sorry. He
0: crawls crawls onto the bed bed and and on top of her. Takes
1: a bite out of the toast and says, that she has in her hand. And he says, if you were mine, you wouldn't be able to walk for a week.
0: Just like, uh... And also in this scene, at the beginning of the scene, I was like, yo, what the fuck? Because... She's like, did you, where are my clothes? And he's like, what? And she's no, like, did she's, you change, she's, she's like, did you change my clothes? And he's like, well, I didn't have an option. I'm like, bro, you do not. And then he was like, they were covered in vomit. Okay. Yeah. But they like left the covered in vomit part until a little bit later. So for a couple of seconds there, I was just like, yeah, you took off her clothes. I
1: think the implication, I think you're supposed to think that they had sex. So when she's like, did you dress me? And he's like, We didn't, I didn't have much of a choice. And then she's like, oh God, did we? And then later he's like, no, your clothes were, he said, I had Taylor go out and get you some clothes. And then she said, he didn't have to. And he goes, I didn't like, yes, he did. Yours were covered in vomit. And then it's like, oh, they didn't have sex. She puked all over herself. So he changed her clothes. It
0: was, it was a weird scene.
1: It was very odd. And it wasn't, it didn't, it feels like it's supposed to have the ironic buildup of Like, oh my god, did they have sex? That would happen in, like, a sitcom.
0: But it's not funny because he was very sober and she was very drunk. And it takes away any of the...
1: Yeah, it's not funny. Like, And it's (laughs) not even played to be funny. No. But it was just very strange. Um, Anna and Christian begin seeing each other, though he insists that she sign a non-disclosure agreement preventing her from revealing details about their dalliance. Look... He's very weird about, like, the contract contract, but, like, he's a prominent, somewhat famous person, and she, he's only known her for a few weeks. I get the NDA. I can understand the NDA.
0: And I thought this was going to come back.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, I
0: didn't think so, because I mentioned it later. I I was convinced they were setting it up and were never going to knock it down. And that's what happened, unless it happens in one of the next two movies. Her friend's a journalist. Yeah. She's not allowed to talk to anybody about their relationship. So I'm like, oh, they're perfectly setting this up for her to tell her friend about it. Her friend writes an article about it. And there's the conflict, but now they just... Yeah. It never happens.
1: (laughs) No, that does not happen. (laughs) Because the friend immediately hooks up with Christian's uh, brother, and then they start, like, a serious relationship. Because her roommate, Kate, is Rosalie, and Christian's brother, Elliot, is fucking obviously Emmett. She put no effort into changing that name.
0: And... The fact that Rosalie is her roommate yeah. and best friend is the weirdest fucking...
1: It is very strange because the Rosalie stand-in is not at all like Rosalie. No. Because Rosalie's a cold-hearted bitch. I,
0: maybe she was just like, Rosalie's a cold-hearted bitch. I'm not going to use Rosalie.
1: Yeah, so she just... I think I think <laughs> Kate is is kind of a combination of Rosalie and Jessica, which is still weird because jessica and bella were friends but jessica was pretty fake
0: yeah also when she gets home here and she finds christian's brother having sex with kate um they, they literally walk in on them like in the middle of being intimate and she shakes christian's brother's hand and i'm like you do not shake hands with a person that was just
1: as they were fucking like his dick was out his pants were down and well you don't see his dick but like his pants are down so his dick is out because he
0: has to pull him up and she's like yeah i'll just shake hands i'm like you don't know what the hand's been doing you don't shake that
1: hand yeah (laughs) um so christian explains and i don't like the way that they say this that he has bondage relationships
0: (laughs) That's not what it's called.
1: Oh, I assume they mean like dom-sub relationships. Bondage relationships. Oh my God. Bondage and being... and Bondage and and dominant and submissive relationships are not inherently tied to each other. You can enjoy bondage and actually not even have that kind of dynamic. Sometimes you just like being tied up.
0: Sadomasochism submissive and dom can all be yeah separate categories oh yeah um,
1: but but this author clearly has no real experience with it so
0: no this is very much i've seen the idea that you can get pink fuzzy cuffs
1: can i tell you something that i found out from TikTok the other day, because like I was thinking about how this author clearly has no experience with BDSM, and it made me think that Stephanie Meyer also had no has...
0: experience with ethnicities that are non-white. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I that yes, but she also had no experience with like actually, um, loving romantic relationships or um, good sexual relationships. Um, and it reminded me that I saw this TikTok the other day where this girl was talking, there, there, I follow a lot of, I say a lot, sev- a few, probably three or four Twilight TikTokers, um, because I love TikTok and Twilight discourse. And this girl who, she's read the illustrated guide. And so she talks a lot about the information that's in the illustrated guide because it, there's a lot in there that you don't get in the books. Um, And one of the things that's in the illustrated guide is that Edward's saliva is entirely venom, which we know, but his teeth are so sharp that if he's not careful, he could cut Bella's lip open. It would get the venom in there and it would turn her into a vampire. Throughout the entirety of Twilight, including the beginning of Breaking Dawn when they are having penetrative sex, it is closed mouth kisses.
0: I. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> they are just pecking each other over and over and over again while having penetrative sex. I. <laughs> Like, all those scenes where Bella's, like, lightheaded and she's talking about being in bed and, like, caressing each other. Pecks. They are pecking each other. They're... Like,
0: you can't even properly kiss other parts of the body in an arousing way if you're not able to open your mouth physically, like...
1: I think maybe (laughs) he kissed other parts of her body with an open mouth, but it was like he didn't want to touch... Her lips, because those, you know, you've kissed someone and your teeth kind of hit each other. Like, in the mouth, in the lip area.
0: When you go for the collarbone. Yes. You use a little tooth.
1: You do use a little tooth.
0: And just.
1: Yep. Anyway, um, closed mouth kisses. Closed mouth kisses. The whole time. Closed.
0: Okay.
1: Anyway, back to- Back to 15 days. Um, so he explains he has bondage relationships, but only as clearly defined in a contract between the participants. Anna reveals that she is a virgin while considering the agreement and negotiating her own terms. And after visiting his quote-unquote playroom, a room stocked with a variety of BDSM toys, furniture, and gear, she and Christian have sex. And then in parentheses, it says Anna loses her virginity.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, um...
1: Oh, my God. Oh, no. I almost forgot. <gasps> okay. So, they're sitting on the stairs. They're sitting this close to each other. And... Chris, uh, Chris, I like how
0: you said this close to each other. Like, we're in a visual yes, format. Yes, we are. people will know... <laughs>
1: We're sitting quite close to each other for the folks at home. Um, And Christian is like, okay, so to be fair, he's like laying it out for her. And he's like, you have this contract and it has all the things that I like to do in it. And you can, we can negotiate what parts you want to participate in and what parts you don't want to participate in. And this is very weird. And, um... Very anal retentive. But like, I respect it. He's like laying it out there because he's like, I'm into a lot of weird shit. he's very
0: clear about everything and up front.
1: Yes. And he's like, I'm into a lot of weird shit and I got to know ahead of time what I can and can't do with you. And so she goes, because he goes, I want you to tell me what you do and don't like that's in the contract. And she goes, well, how do I know what I do and don't like? And he was like, okay, so in the past when you've had sex, there are things that have happened that you liked and things that have happened that you don't like. And she was like,
0: I don't know what I like He's like, how do you not know?
1: (laughs) And she's like, I've never had sex. And he's like, wait, you've never. And then he goes, he leans in real close and he goes, where have you been? (laughs) He gets so excited that she's a virgin. I'm sorry. I'm going to scoot away from you a little bit. It is
0: really creepy that he's just like. He's
1: so excited that she's like a virgin. And it's very strange. And she goes, and he goes, where have you been? And she just goes, waiting. Like, implying that she's been, like, waiting for him her whole life.
0: And he's like, men must have been throwing themselves at you.
1: Oh, and she goes, none that I wanted. Ugh! It, I hate that trope.
0: I hate it so much. And first of all, Bella, obviously.
1: Obviously, Bella. But But at least Edward was also a virgin.
0: Yeah, but here it's just like it pains me that this is written by a woman and still uses
1: the the like purity virginity trope of like oh she's better because okay that was fine (laughs) (laughs) sorry lucy was about to walk on the keyboard but then she jumped over it instead
0: (laughs) and it's something that uh we talk about later we talk about later in the movie when we're watching the scenes i'm like i don't know how you can go through life to the point where you graduated college as somebody that is... Because she doesn't seem to be asexual. No. Based on the...
1: Based on how ravenously horny she becomes immediately yeah. after having sex the so first time. she's
0: not asexual. She has no known trauma that is keeping her from wanting to explore that side of herself. And... What was the other thing that she doesn't have anymore? She's not religious. Oh, yeah. She's not religious.
1: At least not that we know of.
0: And yet she has somehow made it to the end of college without ever figuring out anything about sexual. Like, you can make it through the end of college and longer without having sex. That's not weird to me. It's that she just has no idea yeah. what, like, normal sexual things are. Or what she even might be interested. She asked him what a butt plug is at one point. I'm like, how do you not know what a butt plug is? You know...
1: Someone who's, like, super innocent and, like, really in their own world and is, like, really focused on stuff. Because she's, like, dildos are fine. Vibrators are fine. She's, like, listing those things. And she's, like, yeah, it's whatever. Um, what's a butt plug? So like, she clearly knew what dildos and vibrators were, and I guess the the like the butt stuff just kind of flew over her head. I can't believe that we're including all of this stuff, and we had to cut out that intro. That just shows you how disgusting Emmy's sexy elf fanfiction is. <laughs> are we gonna read that next year for Christmas? Oh, totally. <laughs> I think we'll get kicked off of Spotify.
0: Just keep telling us it's an opposite. (laughs) Keep synopsizing, please.
1: Okay, so she then meets his mother the next morning. And he's like, for someone who doesn't do relationships, he doesn't have, like, any negative reaction to her, like, coming out and saying hello to his mom. Yeah,
0: I was really expecting...
1: Him to be mad, right? That,
0: yeah, that he had told her to stay in the room and she came out anyways and that he'd be pissed, but now he was just
1: like... It's funny, like, he talks all the time about wanting to punish her, but then, like... I don't know. We'll get into it. The fights in this movie don't make any fucking sense. Um, But anyway, so she asks Christian how many girls have lived in his house because he has this, like, upstairs bedroom where she's supposed to live or where she's supposed to sleep when she's staying with him because he doesn't sleep in the same bed as as the women he's with. Um, He does a couple of times (laughs) with Anna, but... Um,
0: she's special
1: yeah but he's like he's got a pretty strict policy that he doesn't like sleep in the same bed as people Um, and so she's got like there's this nice bedroom that he has and she's like how many women have slept in this room and he says 15 and she's like that's a lot of women and I'm like he's 27 I guess like for this kind of very specific laid out relationship it is kind of a lot
0: What weirds me out is that after he says that, there are multiple points in the movie where it calls back to the fact that he's been with a lot of people and she's always like, eh.
1: Yeah, why are you slut-shaming him?
0: And, like, even if you're uncomfortable with the fact that he's been with so many people, like, just... You don't have to talk about it. Yeah. A lot of times it's like her that brings it up in some way too. And I'm like. So
1: many of their fights are just born from her being randomly insecure about stuff, which is fine. You're allowed to have your insecurities, but like so much of it just comes out of nowhere. And I don't understand it. Anyway, so Christian bestows a series of gifts and favors upon Anna including a new car, which the new car wouldn't bother me so much if he didn't just sell her old car. Yeah, the
0: I'm selling your old car thing was very weird and was only addressed at the very end of the movie and barely, and she wasn't even like, you sold my car? Like, she just doesn't care. It's weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because earlier she seemed to really like her car. And then he just sells it out of nowhere. It was very strange. I didn't mind the buying the car. I mean, he's a billionaire. The, something that bothers me so much about it is like, why does she want to be with him? If like him being a billionaire is a pretty huge defining part of like his entire life. And she's completely turned off by the fact that he's a billionaire, which is not something that you should be if you're going to date a billionaire.
0: She's turned off by the fact that he's a billionaire. She isn't interested in BDSM, and yet she wants to be with Christian Grey, the billionaire, this world's version of BDSM, BDSM star.
1: So he also gets her a new laptop um, because she had mentioned that her computer was broken, which is also a nice gift. He encourages her to, like, do research, which she apparently doesn't do. Well, she searches one thing on her favorite search engine.
0: Yeah, she searches submissive.
1: Yes, which first of all, she searches submissive and then just a bunch of pictures of women tied up on the floor pop up. And it's like, this is for plot convenience, but like, that's not what would pop up if you No, I'm honestly,
0: ter- like, I don't want to Google it because I'm terrified that it would just give me a lot of the daddy-daughter <laughs> weird shit. I feel like that's what would come up and I would just be like, oh God, no, stop. <laughs>
1: Um, So she, after she and Kate moved to Seattle, she continues seeing him, but not before she, like, they do this, like, kind of flirty back and forth where he's like, are you doing your research? Like, are you going to sign the contract? And she's always just kind of like, mm, we'll see, which I can appreciate because, you know, she's showing agency that she's not just going to be like, okay, and like, go ahead with whatever. Yeah,
0: because he's stated before that he always gets what he wants. And so she is... Very much not letting him just get what he wants.
1: Yeah. So during this portion, um, they have this scene.
0: So many many scenes in this movie are montages.
1: Yes, there's a lot of montages. Like, this
0: part is a montage just going through days of her going over this contract and them texting and stuff. But, like, so much of this movie is fucking montages.
1: Yeah. So there's this scene, my favorite scene in the whole movie ...is the scene where they sit down at his office, like, in this little conference room.
0: It is amazing.
1: And they go over the contract, and she, like, tells him all the things she doesn't like, and he doesn't put up any kind of fight. He's like, okay.
0: Well, he's very disappointed about her not being okay with anal fisting.
1: Well, at first, he's like, she takes off anal fisting, and then she's like, oh, and vaginal fisting, and he's like, are you sure? (laughs) Which is the only point during this entire scene when he's like, huh, and I was like, wow, you're really into fisting.
0: Interesting, bro. Okay.
1: but she's Didn't like,
0: see any latex gloves, but all right.
1: But she's talking about all the things that she she wants and doesn't want in the contract and he's like okay and he's just going along with it which once again consent king like he's totally okay with everything she says and then like as she's like going through all of it he's like why don't we add something in how about once a week i take you on a date and it's whatever you want us to do and she's like okay sounds great and it was uh, it was actually like i liked this scene so much because it was like she was adhering to this very particular thing that he apparently needs in his life and he was like showing appreciation for the fact that she was going along with it it was healthy
0: and she was like i I appreciate the fact that she was play acting the whole thing like she was actually in like a business meeting
1: yes (laughs) and at the end he's like i want to fuck you and then they like talk about it first of all he says i would like to fuck you into next week and like puts his hands on the table all business like which was terrifying but also hilarious and so then she's like um they have this very long like maybe like a minute long of build-up of them like talking about like having sex and stuff yeah and then she's like okay bye
0: yeah she (laughs) says she wants to leave and he's like your body doesn't say that, which is the oh, only yeah. point in the scene where I was like, oh, uh, yeah, no, do not pull the your body doesn't say that yeah. card.
1: And so then she like gets up and leaves and, you know, he's just kind of like, Are you sure? And then she goes. So like, OK, fine. Still consent king. Um, <laughs> Lucy. Lucy.
0: Lucy's really invested in getting across the keyboard. <laughs> she
1: just she walks up, she jumps over it, she goes to the other side, runs off, and then comes back and wants to do it again. She's a creature of habit. What can I say? Um. So then, during dinner at his parents', Anna suddenly mentions that she is leaving the next day to visit her mother in Georgia. Um, later. Christian becomes frustrated when she says she wants more than the one-sided relationship he proposes. Okay, (laughs) that skipped over. It did, it did. (laughs) Okay, so it goes from the scene with the contract to then, uh, they have more sex. And then, and then it's the dinner scene, right? Because she wakes up and he's like got some nice clothes for her. And then she puts them on and they go to dinner. And he tries to finger her during dinner.
0: And she smacks his hand away, which never comes back, which I thought it was going to come back. And I was going to be like, bro, you did try to fi- like... Yeah. In front of other people is not cool if you didn't agree upon that. But- so
1: then she mentions that she's going to go to Georgia. And he takes her outside and he's like why didn't you tell me that you're going to Georgia? And she's like, I don't have to tell you anything. Which is amazing to me because she's saying that she wants to have like a real relationship with him, but she's about to fly across the country and she didn't even mention it.
0: I I didn't catch the fact that it was the next day before, which makes it definitely more odd. I was thinking like, oh, next week. And she just hadn't told him yet when they're early in her, it's not even a relationship because he's, so weird about relationships but like when they're early on and whatever the fuck they're doing and she doesn't tell him and it's coming up next week doesn't but yeah i guess the next day and she just hasn't told him i would be a little bit more like yo what yeah. the fuck too because he was like yo what the fuck and i was like that's weird bro like yeah
1: <laughs> and his reaction is overplayed for the purposes of him being like i'm gonna punish you and he like spanks her while carrying her over his shoulder And so they go into this like greenhouse area and he like kisses her and he's like, you're mine. Don't forget that. Which, I mean, that's the whole, yes, it's gross, but like, it's kind of the whole thing, right?
0: Well, the reason it bothered me is because she was going to see her mom. Yeah. So like, bro.
1: I think it's less (laughs) about her going to see her mom and more about her just not telling him that she was going to see her mom which still it's gross and weird that he said that but i don't think he i hope to god he's not like jealous of her mom
0: this is one of this was one of the big what the fuck christian moments they had in the movie pretty much the only one where yeah. i was just like I don't don't like what you're, aside from the weird stalking shit.
1: Yes, but we go over this, we went over this while we were watching the movie. She's not even bothered by the stalking. At one point, he shows up already inside her apartment, and they fuck, and at, first of all, she leaves the bedroom door open the entire time. Second of all, she doesn't even question why he's there. And he's already inside the apartment. At no
0: point does she question how he shows up at places, how he finds... She just does not give a shit. And I'm like, on the one hand, it's fucking creepy that you do that, bro. Like, you should know better. For sure. But on the other hand, if she doesn't have a problem with it, then it's like, I don't...
1: I guess I don't even know if I can say it's bad for him to do it. If every time it happens, she's just like, oh, Christian, you're here. Yeah,
0: like if she doesn't, if it doesn't bother her.
1: I th- This feels like a very leftover aspect of it being a Twilight fan fiction because Bella was also never bothered by the fact that Edward like snuck into her room all the time.
0: But it like so much of it, it I said this at the very beginning of the movie, is the things that happened in the movie made sense with Twilight because there was a supernatural element. Yes. So much of what happens in this movie doesn't make sense because that element's been taken away and they never did anything to rectify that situation.
1: Exactly.
0: Because originally it was the fan fiction. So it's like, yeah, it's fine that because you mentioned, because I was like, they just, stare at each other and don't talk sometimes and it's really just like edward and do and it's really fucking weird yeah and you're like well it's supposed to be the like just deep soul connection they can just tell yeah like, but that makes sense when he has this weird blood scent thing and it's a vampire and like there's the supernatural element to it yeah whereas here it's just like but they're just people.
1: Yeah. Cause it's like, you have the weird, so like it's the first scene that they have where she's like doing the interview. It feels very akin to that first conversation that Edward and Bella have because Edward is just like staring at her and he doesn't know what to say because he can't read her mind. And so like in that scene, it feels very much like Christian is like, I can't read her mind. So I want her to keep talking and I want her to say a bunch of things. But it's like that you don't have that in Fifty Shades because it's not a vampire and I mean, he's not a vampire and he can't actually read minds.
0: So it, it just ends up not making and then the fact that he just shows up places like Edward it makes mm-hmm. sense because generally he was literally following Bella. Or following her scent because he can do that. Yeah. Whereas the Christian, I was just like at one point, I was like, "Is he just like putting Apple AirTags on, <laughs> on her? her stuff? Yes, like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> to follow her around." Um. So in the scene in the greenhouse, she's like super upset, and she brings up like all of the issues that she has with like their relationship and stuff, even though that's not what they were talking about at all. Like the fight started because she didn't tell him that she was flying to Georgia, which we can all agree is odd, but then it escalates because he's trying to be like, why wouldn't you tell me and stuff? And then she's like, well, also you're emotionally disconnected. And it's like, where did that come from?
0: I, as I said at the end of the movie when watching <laughs> it, I am honestly, I am positive at this point that Anna is
1: the antagonist, despite the fact that she is
0: the main character. (laughs) She
1: really is. Oh my God. We will talk about it when we talk about the final scene, because we were both like, literally, what the fuck, Anna? So she is shocked when Christian shows up in Georgia. He takes her on this little glider plane, and they have like this really romantic moment. He tells the person, like helping them with the plane, that Anna is his girlfriend. You know, showing that he is willing to, like, have a somewhat, like, public, like, telling people that they're together kind of relationship. Um, but then he has to leave, like, immediately while they're there to go back to Seattle. Yes.
0: Now that we've gotten to this point, it skips two very important parts of this Okay, the please. First, Christian Grey was sexually assaulted.
1: Oh, yes.
0: For six years of his life uh though he it, he
1: does it is, not seem to think that it's, he was it's
0: very much it seems like a uh a grooming situation where he has normalized it in his mind because he's very clearly emotionally traumatized
1: Yes. Um,
0: and that is made very clear in the movie.
1: His introduction to BDSM was when he was 15 with one of his mother's friends. Who
0: he is still friends with.
1: Yes. And he was her sub for like six, six years. years.
0: She's the one that taught him all this. And then the instigation for him going to Georgia to meet her is because he went to dinner with that his original Dom. While she was in Georgia and she got upset. So then he went down to Georgia to meet her. Yes. and it's But it's just like... we're. It's already off on the... Not... Everyone who's into BDSM is not into it because they were assaulted or traumatized or abused. You can be a completely happy... Lived a safe life and still be into BDSM. Yeah. And... The movie doesn't necessarily tell you that everyone that's in it has had that kind of situation, but it's the fact that you don't really get any BDSM representation, so the fact that the one time they do it, it's this person was abused.
1: It's like, in-universe, so let's, let's look at it from the Twilight perspective as well. So, let's take it from the perspective of not all vampires drink human blood such as not all people who are into BDSM have sexual trauma. In Twilight, we have like 30 vampires and a lot of them do not drink human blood while others do drink human blood. In Fifty Shades, we have one person who is into BDSM.
0: And is the protagonist.
1: Yes. And he or was sexually assaulted. He was groomed. The yeah, he's Yeah, he's the love interest, the main love interest, okay? And so when you're taking a piece of media that is completely standalone and you only have one example of it in that universe, that is the example that it sets for anyone reading it who doesn't know anything about BDSM.
0: And because this is a niche area is why it's a problem, because normally if it was like everyone actually understands the in- intricacies of BDSM. And yes. it's like, it's like everyone knows what BDSM is, but most people don't like know it and know how it works and know all the rules and everything. But if that was the case, I would just be like, yeah, it's fine to have somebody that got into yeah. it for this reason. It's just when it's a niche thing that people don't understand, this gives a very bad impression.
1: And the thing is, it's not even just that he was sexually abused, and because of that, he is into BDSM because he needs to exert some kind of control over his his bedroom life. After having been abused, he doesn't even see it as abuse. So, like the 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 trauma response of using BDSM as a coping mechanism for your abuse. Doesn't even qualify here because he literally just sees what happens to him as, like, his coming up.
0: Which, to be clear, there are people that use BDSM as a trauma response. Yes. And there's a healthy way to do it.
1: And that is completely fine if you do. I would never judge anyone for the reasons that they are into anything in the bedroom.
0: But the whole... This movie just gives bad bad representation to the whole situation. This comes across
1: as someone who is using BDSM as an avenue for controlling people and manipulating them or letting out his anger from his everyday life onto them rather than someone who is into BDSM as a means of controlling something because they lost control previously in their life. Now, what's funny is that someone like Christian This is going to sound controversial, but someone like Christian Grey, who in their everyday life exerts a lot of control over everything, is much more likely to be a sub in a situation No, that actually makes sense. Like, absolutely. I I
0: have heard that that is a very common thing. Because
1: he already exerts control over everything else in his life. It's the
0: freeing aspect of not having any control.
1: Yes, of not having to be the decision maker. But the fact that his manipulative and controlling behavior also translates to the bedroom is a problem. Now, somehow, Anastasia Steele still manages to be more grating and terrible than Christian Gray. Because it's
0: almost like every with Christian Gray, it's like Anna shouldn't be with him. Yes. But it's I don't think that he he's not actually a bad person, nor and he does bad things, but it's like if there was somebody that knew how to properly yes handle him and talk to him? Yeah. It would be good because they could help him.
1: She spends the <laughs> entire movie upset that Christian is trying to change her, but she's also trying to change and him. He does
0: need to change. Yes. But
1: she's, she's not, not doing good it in a healthy it. way. She's literally <laughs> just trying to she tells him over and over again that she wants him to be normal.
0: And she knows that he was abused and instead of, I mean, she does have times where she's like, I just want to talk to you, but it, it often comes off more as her digging and not as a, when somebody is closed off like that, you want to come at them gently. You want to yeah. be. You don't
1: want to just say, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me because that's not going to work. It's not going to convince them.
0: And you want to just be like, I'm here for you. Blah, 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 blah. Like you, there's a way to do it and she's very aggressive about it and being aggressive is not going to solve this problem and
1: i think a huge part of it is that she is a self-described romantic and she has never had any kind of relationship before so she's jumping into a relationship with someone who is extremely emotionally closed off has a lot of trauma and doesn't know how to process it And nor does she know how to process it.
0: And these people just shouldn't be together. Yes. That's the end of it. That is the
1: end all be all of this situation is that these two people are just bad for each other. Yeah, They're
0: not compatible.
1: No, not in any way. Um...
0: So yeah. Anyways, he goes to Georgia. They do flight. They do more B roll.
1: Yes, they do more B roll. There's so much B roll. The helicopter. There was B roll. The the whenever she's in a plane, there's B roll. The little flight thing that they do is there's B roll driving, driving driving. B-roll. There's so much driving B roll.
0: And coming back to the since we're going back to the Georgia thing, I just want to point. Out, so first of all, her mother is Renee.
1: Yes, her mother is Renee.
0: She does not come. To her graduation because her,
1: hus- her husband, her fourth husband, broke his foot.
0: Just insane. Um, I will say at least she plays less of a role in this movie than Renee does in Twilight. Yeah, and but
1: Anastasia idolizes her a lot less.
0: I don't think she should play any role because ask yourself, what does the Georgia scene add to this movie? Think nothing. About it. it literally. She goes to see her mom. You have the conflict that's created in the previous scene because of it, but it wasn't necessary because all it really did was show that he's controlling. Yeah. And that she, like, it gave us information we already had about him. It didn't actually benefit anything.
1: And it would be one thing if he had been like, hey, would you like me to, I would like to go to Georgia with you. I would like to meet your mom and, you know, I would like to do this with you. And then she, and then for her to say, like, well, because we know that she was using this as a way of getting away. So if she was then like, no, I'm using this as a way, these people don't communicate. No. <laughs> they don't talk to each other. They just bicker. They fight all the time because they don't talk to each other. This scene added nothing, it created the conflict from the previous scene. Which was resolved as soon as he got there, they bickered a little bit more and then he took her on a little thing. And
0: then got called away for something really important that really upset him that literally is never addressed. Like we, Yeah, don't- we
1: don't know what happened because he refuses to talk about it. And I think it's because it's an important business thing and E.L. James is stupid.
0: <laughs> okay, so this gets back to <laughs> another part that kills me. Is At one point he sits down on the bed when she's asleep because she's upset that he won't talk to her. And so he tells her about what happened to him while she's asleep, how he had uh, a mom who was a prostitute and a crackhead, which is most likely because she was a prostitute and pimps give their prostitutes drugs to keep them hooked. So blah, blah, blah. Anyways,
1: (laughs) we love sex workers. This is nothing against sex workers, obviously.
0: So uh, just basically gives her all this backstory, but he, doesn't actually give backstory. So he just is like, I don't remember my mom. I think I remember her in my I see her in my dreams sometimes, but I don't remember her. I just remember all the bad stuff that happened. What bad stuff? He doesn't say. He never says yeah. what the bad stuff is. He never tells us what the business thing. Like, it's constantly just him being like, here is a thing. I have no information aside from here is a thing.
1: I- because el james wanted him to become extremely upset and then you'd use that as an excuse to do the bdsm
0: but just give him a reason yeah
1: just like have a reason i don't know but i think it's because she doesn't understand enough about business to like manufacture that reason i don't know
0: hack the mainframe man people have been saying weird shit that they don't understand for years
1: (laughs) (coughs) so after returning home Anna continues seeing Christian, who wants further sexual experimentation. Um, She initially consents, but he keeps emotionally distant, upsetting her. So what gets me about this is they've only known each other for a few weeks. They have a relationship that is, at its core extremely sexual like it's almost entirely physical and they do have some emotional connection obviously or he wouldn't be taking her to meet his parents he wouldn't be you know introducing her as his girlfriend and stuff like that and she he wakes up in the middle of the night often and goes to play his piano which is obviously some kind of coping thing for him because i i do know from later books that he has a lot of nightmares um from re- seeing other people make commentary but about hey, he's it. Edward. Playing the piano. Exactly. So he goes down and he plays the piano. And so every time he goes to play the piano, she's like, talk to me. And he's like, no. Which, you know, he doesn't have to. He's not required to do anything.
0: I think what bothers me about it is the fact that in this movie, what we see is at no point does he seem to disrespect the boundaries that she sets up? Exactly! But she, he has his boundaries emotionally. They're not healthy. He needs, they need to be addressed. He needs help. But she never reciprocates the respect.
1: Yes. (laughs) Like, he is consent king. And I don't think she understands that consent is not just about sex. It's also about just the the boundaries that you set emotionally, mentally, he like, doesn't
0: want to talk about it these things, and you keep and yes, he needs to he does he does. But if you need that and he is not willing to leave
1: exactly, and
0: the same thing goes for him. if she's going to keep doing this and you're not okay with being this open person that she wants you to be, break it off,
1: yeah. So, while still considering the contract, we're, we're getting into it, in an oh, effort okay. to understand Christian psychologically, because she is an English lit major, um, Anna asks him to demonstrate how he would punish her for rule-breaking. He whips her with a belt. Upset and disgusted, Anna breaks up with Christian, concluding he is wrong for her and his practices are deviant and excessive. So. so. Um, <laughs> So,
0: This scene is... She tells him that she wants him to do his worst to her. The worst thing that he wants to do. Yes. Goes with him to the playroom. Mm-hmm. Agrees to do all of it. Goes along with it. He tells her he wants to count while he beats her with the belt. Yeah. She does it.
1: Mm-hmm. She bowls with it. And they do have safe words, which they have discussed twice. Yes. And she does not use them. She
0: does not use them. He finishes. She's crying. So he goes to comfort her or talk to her. Yes. And she flips the fuck out the way you would if your spouse just punched you in the face normally. Yes. And I'm like... Given the kind of relationship you're in, and the fact that you asked him to do this, consented the whole time. She was free to leave, too. It's not like he tied her down for this bit.
1: Yeah, he said, bend over the table, and then she just did it.
0: Yeah, she... At no point was she forced into this. This was her idea. This was all her. And then she treats him like he's the villain yeah. for doing it. And
1: not to mention, she keeps, like, yelling at him and asking him questions. And then, like, he goes to, like, because she's crying and freaking out. And so he goes to, like, try to, like, comfort her or, like, explain. And she's like, no, get away from me.
0: Yeah, because he's like, she's like, is this what you want? You want to see me like this? And he, and I'm just like, no, he he doesn't but see that's the problem with this movie not understanding bdsm yeah is because and it's weird because some of the things he says early on hint that they should know yeah the more intricate parts of bdsm but then they don't so in bdsm if the thing you're doing hurts the other person and they don't enjoy it then you don't enjoy doing it. Yes. That's kind of, it's all about consenting and both parties getting enjoyment out of exactly. it. Exactly. pleasure out of it. If
1: you're going to spank someone, the idea is that they are getting enjoyment out of the spanking, which, by the way, she does. Yes. Many times throughout the movie. And
0: so she's like, is this what you want? It's like, no, this isn't what he wants. He wants you to enjoy it. You clearly are not enjoying this, yeah, so therein lies the problem is you 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 didn't want this. <laughs>
1: It's so strange the way that Anna acts because she goes along with all the BDSM. And I don't mean she just goes along with it like out of obligation or anything. She she visibly enjoys it. it. Like there's, there's, there's several moments where he's spanking her or he has like a riding crop that he uses, or he has like that big old long whip thing, um, and he has at, yes, at every point he does it, and she like moans in ecstasy.
0: There's a lot of moaning in this movie when people aren't even being touched.
1: Oh yeah, if that felt very Twilight. It, it was weird. Yes, yeah. um, and so it was like, I I don't know. It's like it's so strange because it's like I'm watching what's happening. I'm like, okay, he's got her cuffed to the thing. He whips her a little bit, and then he lifts her up. They make out, they fuck, and then he unhooks her, and he, she seemed to have been into it the whole time. And then in the next scene, she's sobbing hysterically.
0: And the one time in this movie where he did something where I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" In terms of BDSM, is when she grad the night she graduates. And oh yeah. <laughs> He spanks her and then she clear like she enjoys the spanking, but she clearly is like
1: wanting more.
0: She needs something else. And an important part of BDSM is comforting the sub after the fact. Mm -hmm. But he's just like, okay, I gotta go to work. I got shit to do. Yeah. And she's not okay with it. And he just leaves. I'm like, dude, no. We we talked about
1: this during the movie. It's like they don't understand that the whipping and stuff is supposed to be part of the sex. It's all like the precursor to the sex. So, like, he ties her up and whips her, and then he unties her and fucks her. Like, that's all supposed to be happening at the same time. That's what BDSM is.
0: (laughs) Yellow James just sitting in a lecture. So, let me get this straight. You choke them and then you fuck.
1: No, you choke them while you fuck, EL James.
0: But then how do you how do you hold on to them? You you got to well, put both your hands on their waist. <laughs> while you're doing missionary. Yeah,
1: I was going to say she doesn't <laughs> understand anything other than missionary because they they only fuck in not missionary one time and it's the time he like broke into her apartment and he like he like ties her up. That was the only sex scene that I was actually like, okay, that was kind of hot.
0: It's because he has erectile dysfunction. and uh comes very quickly in doggy style yes
1: so there's this the scene where he broke into her apartment he like she made a comment about missing the tie because the first night that they had sex he was trying to introduce her to the idea of bdsm so he tied up her hands and like put them above her head with just his tie but she wasn't tied to anything her hands were just tied up and so then she made some comment about like oh i miss your tie and so He brings, he doesn't, he's not wearing the tie, but he does bring it to her apartment when he breaks in and he ties her up to the bed and he's got a cup of ice and then he oh he did that thing where he like he didn't take off her shirt before tying up her I was literally
0: like when we were watching I was like bro you should have taken off the shirt and then
1: (laughs) he lifts the shirt up over her head but then like has it around her arms and her face as a blindfold And I was
0: like okay that is like that
1: was good (laughs) I like that so much and then He flips her over, spanks her, and fucks her doggy style. And I was like, how did you write a whole sexy movie with, like, 12 sex scenes? And there was only one that was even remotely good. Because
0: All of the others, I'm just like...
1: And that was the one where he broke into her apartment, too. So, like, it was already ruined by that.
0: Does E.L. James have... Is she one of those people that has the non-consensual fetish? We're like so. She likes the the idea, yeah. of somebody breaking in
1: and like taking her against her will, which but, is a totally fine fetish if you have it, by the way. <gasps>
0: <laughs> what was that gesture?
1: Nothing. Go on. Okay.
0: Um. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. It, Sometimes I'm just like, do you just have, like, do you have a non-consensual fetish? And you're exploring it through this, through all of the wrong means?
1: Yeah. It's like, if you have a non-con fetish, you can't... I've read plenty of erotica that, like, featured non-con stuff in it. Because that is a fetish that people have, and people just write about it. But they write about people... In, like, consenting relationships who roleplay the non-con. Yeah. Which is totally fine if you want to do that as long as it's consenting and there's aftercare and stuff like that.
0: Aftercare is important, which is one of the big problems with the fact that he has her sleep in a separate room.
1: And to be fair... We have no way of knowing if he does not provide her any care because we see him walking her in there and then it hard cuts to her being asleep. Yeah. So we do not know if he, like, laid there with her and comforted her for a while. Um, We at least get the hint that he wants to after that final scene when he whips her with a belt.
0: And she is very upset and, like, he clearly isn't happy with what just happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. I look I don't I'm not one to be like a defender of Christian Grey but at least in this movie and he did things wrong and was very weird um but the things he did wrong once the things he actually did wrong she didn't seem to have a problem Yeah with. I think that's
0: what kills me is there are so many times where she could have taken issue with something he did And it would have been completely valid. It's the fact that she seemed to take issue with the things that were not valid to take issue (laughs) with. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, you know, I think in the end, we're Team Christian Gray Consent King, and Anna needs to just go get therapy. I mean, Christian also needs therapy, don't get me wrong, but Anna doesn't know what she wants or needs. Anna needs
0: to be in a relationship with somebody who has relatively normal sex yes. tastes. Um, clearly she's okay with some of the more intense stuff, but yeah. not full on. So like, she just needs to be with somebody that is also yeah. on her level. Christian Grey needs therapy.
1: Christian Grey does need Desperately. therapy. Desperately. And someone <laughs> who is willing to be accommodating to the fact that he has trauma that he doesn't want to talk about.
0: Yeah. And... He has problems. He has problems that need to be worked out. Yeah. Anna's just not the right person to do it.
1: (laughs) I can't believe we came away from this movie being like, Anna, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, I did not expect to be an Anna what the fuck situation. And,
1: like, I'm not a Christian Grey defender by any means because he's a really fucking weird dude. But... I think that he was less in the wrong than Anna was. I think he was very straightforward. He was a consent king. Yeah,
0: he always got consent. Yeah. He was always open. He's very about...
1: direct and honest.
0: And I that's the thing is, if you are always up front and do your due diligence and making sure that the other parties involved understand what is happening and are agreeing to it, it's kind of hard to hold it, hold yeah. anything against, because it's like,
1: I know the you contract, did
0: everything in your power here.
1: I know the contract mm-hmm. is super weird, but even Christian at some point like says that the contract is redundant because they're already fucking.
0: Yeah, and the contract is. Contracts are a thing in BDSM, but not always. This yeah. is a very specific and extreme case
1: of yeah in in like in the simplest way of putting it it's just his list of kinks and like i mean to be fair that is something you should lay out before you get into a sexual relationship with someone especially if it's things that like you will not be satisfied unless you can do those things which i mean okay that's fine uh you're allowed to do that. And I think it's pretty cool to be like, hey, I wanna tell you all the things that I like before we get intimate. It's important that you understand. Cause he even says, I mean, it's before they ever even have sex for the first time, they've only kissed like one time and he shows her the playroom and he's like, this is what I'm about. Because he needs her to know ahead of time because that's what he's about. And it's weird, I'm not gonna lie, but it's honest, and he's very specifically wanting her consent because he doesn't want to do anything she doesn't enjoy. And he lays out the safe words multiple times. He even asks her to remind him of what the safe words are to make sure she knows them for sure, and she never uses them.
0: The biggest problem yes. with this movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: is the fact That I have seen better sex scenes in Game of Thrones.
1: (laughs) That is really bad. Because most sex scenes in Game of Thrones are are terrible. Oh, they're awful. So many of them are like non-consensual. I just can't
0: believe that people masturbated to this in theaters.
1: I remember when it came out and there was like this whole thing where women were masturbating in theaters to this. It's so not sexy. When
0: I worked at AMC, it was after... Yeah. Uh, these would come out. And I had a, a couple people that had been working there when they were in theaters and told me about, like, finding condoms over, like, phallic-shaped objects and shit where people were just clearly masturbating in the theater with these things. And I'm just like,
1: bro, what the fuck? I don't understand. Why? Why do you not just watch a regular porn at home or read? Read a good porn at home. Fifty Shades of Grey is also a book. You can just read a good one at home. Take your vibrator out of your nightstand. Enjoy yourself. Maybe their
0: fetish is doing it in public. You
1: know, and yeah.
0: The problem is that uh, you can't be... It's not a voyeur. It's the opposite of the voyeur. It's the other side of the voyeur. What's it called? The voyeur is the person that enjoys watching. What is it called when you enjoy being watched?
1: i just usually see it referred to as like public sex or semi-public there's, sex or whatever
0: there's a specific term for it exhibitionist
1: exhibitionist That. that's it,
0: it the problem with exhibitionism is when you don't have explicit consent from, from other people mm-hmm. to be viewing you and so in public it's oh just-
1: yeah oh yeah <laughs>
0: But uh honestly I would rather watch Twilight than ever yeah. watch this movie again.
1: Well, I think there's so much about the first Twilight movie to genuinely enjoy because it is so funny and odd.
0: Including watching the commentary from yes, Kristen Hardwick. Yes, from,
1: Chris- from Catherine Hardwick. Catherine. I always <laughs> She's call her Kristen. So Hardwick. Great. She, I I love the first Twilight movie like completely amputated from the rest of Twilight media. Because it's just like for for the scene where Eric is dangling a worm in front of Bella and he goes, Look, it's a worm. Um for the baseball scene with supermassive black holes.
0: Super massive black
1: hole. The blue lens that is over the entire movie. Um, all of the, just the weird shit that people say.
0: The blue lens is meant to evoke Edward's blue balls. <laughs>
1: There's a scene in uh, in Breaking Dawn Part Two when Bella opens her eyes and the blue the blue lens is gone forever. Um, which, to be fair, after the first Twilight movie, the blue lens was a lot less, so it was kind of unnoticeable by that point. And I remember thinking, Catherine Hardwick did so much for this series, and now you're getting rid of the blue lens. Unbelievable.
0: My <laughs> yeah. God. Um. Yeah this movie it's it's just not a good movie.
1: it's just not it I had a lot of fun watching it with you though
0: it was it was an enjoyable experience, yes, but it was it is exactly the kind of movie you watch to laugh at and scream at, yeah. And if you were trying to watch this movie the way you watch a film that you want to enjoy, you couldn't. The character interactions and the way they talk to each other are fucking weird. It's hard to look at any of the characters and be like, I like you. You just dislike all of them. Christian Grey doesn't know how to be a normal fucking person and breaks all of the unspoken boundaries that normal people follow. Yeah, Anna doesn't give a shit. Yeah. (laughs) But gets upset about all the... Boundaries that he doesn't break, and then that she sets up, which makes her hard to like. It's got the same awkward tension that Edward and Bella have with no vampires.
1: Yeah. And not to mention, Emmett is barely in this one. He's only in it for like five minutes. Where's the bag of eggs? And his dick was out.
0: That's pretty on par. That is pretty on par. Emmett. But, uh, And so much of the movie is unnecessary. I don't, it's two, it's over two hours, but it really didn't need so much, like, the subplot with his brother and her friend, when you think, it literally added nothing.
1: Yeah, it's just, it was just her way of having Rosalie and Emmett get together in the fan fiction.
0: So much of it is literally.
1: But you can bet. Commenters were really invested. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, But yeah.
0: And maybe, I'm sure some of it probably plays out later. Uh It's just hard that if there's any point to the things that are set up in this movie, none of it pays off in the movie. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it's been set up to be knocked down later, either. It's just, like, pointless scenes of interaction. For no reason.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just like the, mo- the, it has no momentum.
0: It has no momentum. And it definitely seems like every other character is stapled in. Yeah. Around Christian and Anna just so it can be a story.
1: Which is interesting because I felt that way during Twilight, but this is that to the nth degree. At least Bella and Edward had tangible relationships with other characters.
0: Yeah, like, the these. scene
1: where he says that he's having dinner with a friend while she's in Georgia.
0: And we don't even see the friend.
1: We, yeah, but the thing is, he says he's having dinner with a friend, and she's immediately like, you don't have many friends. It has to be Mrs. Robinson, which is his former dom. And it's like, yeah, because he's so detached from every single other person in his life.
0: His relationship with his brother is the second... is Takes second... Place to his relationship with Anna in the movie and it is non-consequential
1: yes it
0: barely is acknowledged and the most he really says about his brother is that he wishes his brother was not his brother
1: yeah she says oh that's your brother and he goes not by choice
0: I'm just this is so he's not necessary her relationships really don't serve a function out of her photographer friend Jose that is just there for Christian to sh- yeah. Push I. It's literally, they don't serve a purpose. Yeah. She didn't. I, And it's because it was a fan fiction, but once you take it outside of being a fan yeah. fiction to create an actual series of your own, that you're adapting, you have to actually, you know, make a story.
1: It's like we were talking about at the very beginning, um, because I had mentioned the Jenny Nicholson video, not about this oddly enough, but about a published star Wars fan fiction um and she talks about how when you remove the star wars from the fan fiction you lose a lot of the jump off right because when you open up a fan fiction you ideally you know the characters you're familiar with the setting you understand the idea that the author is going for right
0: when you're using a fan fiction basically what it does is it allows you to use an already established world and cast of characters to create your own story If you take out the world and cast of characters from their original setting, you have to fill in those pieces.
1: Exactly. (laughs) You can't just leave it. You can't just change the names. You can't just scrub off the serial numbers and call it an original fiction. You have to build it out from there. Um, There are works that started as fan fiction that are okay. I used to know what they were. I don't currently. Um, but I, I do remember one that I liked, I think. Um, but there's there's just, there's a lot of things. Like, so you take After, for example. After is was originally a Harry Styles fan fiction, which transformed into a series of like four and a half books and now a movie series of going to be four movies co- after the fourth one comes out in February. And... All of the forgettable characters in After were One Direction members in the original fan fiction. And so it's like you lose pretty much everything except for those two central characters because they're the only things that have any substance. If you know in Master of the Universe, the Twilight fan fiction, that Rosalie and Emmett are in love, then it totally makes sense that after they fuck once, they start a serious relationship because you're like, well, it's Rosalie and Emmett. That's basically all they do is fucking be in love or whatever. And so it's just like, there's there's not, you don't have that background substance of knowing these characters being familiar with their relationships with each other to actually feel like this is a fulfilling story outside of the mind numbing fights that Christian and uh, Anna are having pretty much all the time.
0: Does E.L. James know that Anna is the antagonist?
1: (laughs) I don't think she does. I think this is another case of being a self-insert. So you know how Twilight is a self-insert because, uh, Stephanie Meyer is obviously in love with Edward. Um, this is also a self-insert because E.L. James is in love with Edward. (laughs)
0: She's got the, a serious case of I can fix hims.
1: And it's so funny that both of these uh, stories star an extremely virginous character who then has like mind blowing sex with the love of their life. And that's, you know, whatever. It says so much about these two women's like married relationships. Like, was it not good the first time? Was it really bad? And ever since then, you've been wishing that you could go back and have your first time be mind-blowing?
0: Was it really bad, and your husband is incompetent and refuses to improve, and it continues to be really bad?
1: Look, as a married person in a very good relationship, um... I would never write a story about someone extremely virginous who has mind-blowing sex for the first time. It
0: doesn't make any sense.
1: And never wants to have sex with anyone else. And that is coming from someone whose body count is one. <laughs> and I still wouldn't write that story.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's ways you can do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's almost never the way that it's, that it's actually done. <laughs>
1: I I point I uh posited flipping it on its head and have the guy be the virgin who has mind blowing sex for the first time and never wants to fuck anyone else, um not because it's technically better but because it's not done and I want to see it, at least once. Pretty pleased with also sugar I can see the top.
0: dialogue around it being fucking hilarious. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah.
0: All right. Well, I mean, on. A scale of Twilight Jacob to Breaking Dawn Part 2 Jacob, <laughs> how would you rate... I guess you should flip that scale. Breaking yeah, Dawn, Breaking Part Dawn, 2, Dawn da- Part 2 Jacob, Jacob to Twilight, Twilight Jacob. Jacob. How would you rate this movie?
1: I mean, it's at least a Breaking Dawn Part 1 Jacob.
0: I, that's, that's pretty fair.
1: Yeah. I mean... At worst, it's an eclipse second half, Jacob, where he kissed Bella without her consent. Yeah. And then was thinking it was really funny.
0: Breaking Dawn Part 1 does seem pretty accurate. Breaking after, Dawn uh... Part
1: 1, I would say. It wasn't, <laughs> it. and I we just ranted about this for a really long time. That wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. I'll be honest.
0: But Shades of Grey? Yeah. Oh, no. No.
1: No, no, no. It was actually, I mean, I don't want to say it was fine, but it's like, it was bad, but it wasn't like, I'm, I don't want to burn my brain after watching it. I was just kind of like, ugh.
0: Like, if I would, if I had watched it for any other reason than doing this, I would have been like, that's a bad movie. Yeah. But like, I've seen far worse.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've definitely seen worse.
0: And I've seen movies that made me a lot angrier oh, than yeah. this one did.
1: Oh, god. My- God, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but you'll see me tweeting random movie titles and it'll just be, those are the movies that made me angrier than this movie because I have left movie theaters screaming before.
0: I have, I used to have a very strict policy of don't leave in the middle of a movie or a show because having come from an acting background. uh, And at the time when I was living in New York, I went to a movie that made me so angry that I looked at my ex and was like, I'm about to fucking walk out of this theater right now. Yeah,
1: I used to be one of those that was like, we spent the money, we have to watch it through. And now I'm just kind of like, can we sneak into Paw Patrol next door? I would much rather watch that movie than whatever the fuck it is we're watching right now. Oh my God. What was the movie? Do you remember? Under the Skin. Under the Skin.
0: Um... It is... Who plays Black Widow?
1: Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett
0: Johansson. Known
1: Asian American.
0: It is a Scarlett Johansson sci-fi film that was low budget. Uh-huh. I don't know how the hell they got her on such a low I feel budget. like
1: I'm familiar. Is this the one where she fucks the, the guy with the, the thing on his face? This is... I say the thing on his his face. He has, like...
0: She is an alien... Okay. ...that lures men in with her sex appeal, uh, and then feeds them into the floor of her spaceship for something. Um, the... There's a lot of people that love the movie. Okay. Because they think that it's really artistic and well-made. Um, I think it's just really fucked up because number one, you never really get explanation or backstory of what she is. And it's like, okay, so the movie's not supposed to be about why this is happening or why she's doing it. I can get behind that. But then she just does really fucked up stuff during the movie. Like, she lives (laughs) in a mentally challenged person.
1: That's what I'm thinking of. With sex
0: and... And does it to, and it's just like,
1: but he didn't do anything wrong.
0: No, and the thing is, she never she doesn't. She, okay, <clears throat> she does do it to people who deserve it. Yes, but she doesn't always. Yeah. A lot of people that she does it to are just innocent people that mm-hmm. thought she was going to. So this sex isn't with like
1: them. a promising young woman type movie. No, where you can see the clear motives and consequences for what's going on. Not no. like, uh, and
0: especially and the thing is, they could have gone that route. But they Absolutely. didn't because they decided Many to use have. characters that didn't do anything wrong or weren't even properly capable mm-hmm. of making those decisions. Yeah. And the I think the part where it finally set me off was they had a legit like three minute scene. Where there's another character that's just dro- driving a motorcycle and I don't know if he's supposed to be her handler or just an overseer or something. They never explain, but he just kind of will be where she goes to do things and I think cleans up after her or whatever. Okay. Um. But she, it shows him like on a beach where a man like is there with his kid. The man drowns while she's like swimming and he's trying to save her something and they just freeze for like three minutes straight on the guy's toddler just left on the side of the ocean by itself crying. And oh that's all God. that happens. And I was like, this is this is just fucked up.
1: This isn't making any kind of statement. No. That's so bad. I up. remember I remember reading <laughs> the synopsis of it because someone I remember at the time people were talking about it a lot. And I remember reading the synopsis of it and I was like I don't understand what you're trying to say because there are plenty of movies that have a similar sort of premise that like don't just go the route of just like, hey, this woman is just murdering men.
0: The movie very much felt to me like trying, it was just giving excuses to set up the shock scenarios to emotionally manipulate the audience and that's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you may as well just watch Human Centipede at that point.
0: It, it very much felt like a more fucked up Human Centipede. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, if you want to watch a movie that <laughs> has, I think, a similar, um, what they're what the point that they're trying to get across, you should watch Promising Young Woman.
0: Promising Young Woman is an amazing movie. I Promising fucking loved Woman it. is a
1: fantastic movie that also explores the concept of women taking charge and getting back at dudes but it's like in a very um understandable way yeah. and in a, in a way that is actually like makes a point about what it is like being a woman in society rather than just being something that's just like watch this woman murder some men and i do occasionally enjoy a movie that has the the theme of here, look at this woman murdering these men. But there is a lot of build up to stuff like that. Like, have you seen Midsummer?
0: I have not seen Midsummer.
1: It's good. I know you don't like scary movies, but it's not really scary. I've heard it's
0: just unsettling. It's just
1: unsettling. Yeah, it's very good. Um, that was definitely a movie that you leave going, hmm, good for her. But you also know that you're not supposed to be saying good for her. It's just you kind of have that taste in your mouth.
0: Are you not supposed to be saying good for her at the end of Promising Young Woman? Because I was.
1: (laughs) No, you're definitely supposed to be saying, well, I mean, you're supposed to be saying it, but you're also kind of like, oh. You know, because because of the ending. I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, because of the ending. Um,
0: It's the implication.
1: There's another movie that I watched recently that has a very similar motif, but it's a huge spoiler that it has that motif, so I can't say.
0: Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for mentioning it, then. I
1: didn't. <laughs> I didn't mention it. You don't, you don't need to know. Uh, you wouldn't watch it anyway. It's scary. I mean, uh, it's okay. not super scary. It's more of a psychological thriller type of movie. I tend to
0: enjoy more of the psychological stuff. I don't like the pop.
1: Ah, pop Yes. Stinkies.
0: So, like, I enjoyed uh, Haunting, of, uh, Haunting of Hill House and oh, Bly Manor. Oh, that's a good
1: one. I haven't seen Blind Manor. We've been talking about not yeah. <laughs> Fifty Shades for a while um, now. This is going on. You guys are getting a long episode today. I, I
0: honestly, I was expecting us to end shortly after I asked for your rating on a schedule of <laughs> uh, And then we just kept going. Yeah,
1: and then we just kept going. So you got some comprehensive movie reviews. Maybe we'll cut all of this stuff out. I can't believe we just had to cut all of <laughs> I can't believe we had to cut all of the intro and all of the- Look, if you made it this far, if you made it all the way to the end- You
0: must have listened to the first two episodes multiple times, because that's the only way you're chugging this far (laughs) into an episode.
1: Should we tell them the secret about the intro? Yes. We didn't cut anything from the intro. That was a bit- It was a bit. We did a bit about having to cut stuff from the intro. And if you made it all the way to this point, congratulations. And if
0: anyone asks me to write a Santa elf <laughs> fanfiction, sexual fanfiction, I will tell you no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we will not be reading that for Christmas next year. But who knows? Maybe we'll watch Fifty Shades Darker next year.
0: Next episode is going to be the final episode for book two yes, of Maximum Ride. Yes, for
1: School's Out Forever.
0: We should tell them the thing.
1: Yes. So we will be doing a one-off book, um, in between books, books two and three of Maximum Ride. Because just trying.
0: Maximum Ride is. <laughs> oh
1: yes, it's just been really hard to get through. Somehow harder to get through than Twilight. I was telling Steffi the other day that at least Twilight felt more engaging than Maximum Ride. Maximum Ride just feels like a list of events that are happening. So it's kind of hard to feel any kind of attachment to it at all.
0: When you have chapters that short, it's more like bullet points.
1: Exactly. Um, So we're instead of reading a bad book series from our teenage years, we're instead going to read one book from our teenage years that is actually very good. Would you like to tell the lovely listeners what book we're reading?
0: We are going to be reading a Sarah stamped of approval (laughs) uh, award winning book. Warm Bodies.
1: Yes, we're going to read Warm Bodies by Isaac Marion, which we talked about last episode, ironically enough. Like we talked about how amazing that book is. Um, It is, we were trying to find a a one off book to read, but we couldn't really think of anything that was just like a singular story. We considered
0: Percy Jackson, but it's so much.
1: It's so, it's so tied so episodical. to the rest. yes, <laughs> like it's very important. Like when you read Percy, we would get to the end, and then it would be like, yeah, but then we want to read the next one, and and you know, there's six books in that series, so or five books, I don't remember. There's
0: five, and then. There's There's also the follow-up series. Yes.
1: And so it was like, oh my God, we, I don't know. I don't think we can do that one. And so I was like, well, why don't we just read Warm Bodies? We already talked about it. We both read it while we were in high school. And I obviously have a copy of it. I did have several extra copies of it, but I loaned it to a friend a couple years ago who does not know where it is. And then I also loaned it to Steffi. (laughs) So... So Emmy has to acquire her own copy of Warm Bodies to read. <laughs> but I really look forward to it. Um, this is something... I think I've talked about this book many times on the show before because it's, it's my favorite book of all time. Um, I can't
0: wait to really upset them because I'm going <laughs> to pick some part of the book and be like, this is bad. <laughs>
1: um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, actually reading a book that we enjoy. It's either going to be... Two or three episodes, I'm not entirely sure. It's a shorter book, but it's also more dense um, than Maximum Ride or Twilight is. So we'll just have to see exactly how much of the book there is um, in order to split it up because we don't want to have to gloss over anything for the sake of having shorter episodes, Um, which I know what you're thinking. Clearly, they do not care about having short episodes. (laughs) But...
0: We, uh... We are long-winded yes
1: <laughs> but for something like a movie episode i feel like it's harder because it's like we have to get out the entire story from a single book uh, but anyway so um yeah so next week we'll, we'll next week next episode which should in theory be out two weeks from the time that this episode comes out which it will be coming out christmas day because Christmas Day is Saturday, and we're doing Saturday releases from now on, Um, will be the final episode of Maximum Ride Schools Out Forever. We're going to be taking a short break, and then we're going to read Warm Bodies. Well, not a short break. We're going to read Warm Bodies as our short break. Yes. And then we're going to finish the third book of Maximum Ride. We will not be reading the fourth one. No.
0: Um, <laughs> absolutely not.
1: Well, we also deduced that it is a singular trilogy, what is the, the three books. And then the fourth one starts, like, the new series, technically. Um, and so we're only reading those three books. And then did we decide... Our next House of Night. House of Night is going to be our next series. And I do look forward to that one. I want to get back to Campy Vampires because...
0: Campy Vampires is how we started.
1: Yes. With
0: our whole one series ago <laughs> but yeah we're, we are going for house of night which that one's going to be interesting because those books start out very short
1: yes the, those books are a lot shorter and i there are like 13 books and we are not going to read yeah, all 13
0: we don't exactly know where we're going to break off we'll probably just find a good stopping point when we yeah. get to it and but uh so yeah that is that is our upcoming schedule one more maximum right episode a few warm bodies episodes
1: Just a few more Maximum Ride episodes. A few more Maximum Ride episodes. If we're feeling spicy, we might just read the whole book and tell you it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And uh,
0: and and then we'll be on to vampires. Vampires again! I'm so excited. I haven't read the book in years, but I'm going to just assume probably more sensible mythology behind the vampires than twilight do you
1: i'm gonna give you a spoiler right now in house of night tim mcgraw famed country musician is a vampire i remember that (laughs) (laughs) so i hope you're excited for the insane world of vampires which is i believe in house of night it's actually vampires with a y uh, that we are about Whoa. to be jumping into. Very exciting. Um, do you have any final words?
0: Mm-hmm. If you want to learn about BDSM, do not watch Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Find your local sex dungeon, ask a dominatrix.
1: <laughs> good good idea. Um, follow <laughs> us on Twitter at LitmastersPod. M is at M of many names. I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Shoot us an email over at LiteraryMastersPod at gmail.com. Uh... Coffee is ko-fi.com slash litmasterspod. Um, literally hit us up whenever. We're always, always ready to hear from you. Even if I'm asleep, I will awaken from a terrible nightmare of an owl kidnapping my parents. Grandparents. grandparents and I will respond to your messages as soon as he releases me from his claws.
0: They release you from their claws. Sorry. You don't know the owl's gender.
1: I do not know the owl's gender. How insensitive of me. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Farewell.